Are you in the mother or the maiden or the crone energy? Or are you swinging between all three? Welcome to Love featuring your host, Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. The maiden, the mother and the crone are terms used by those embracing neo-paganism or Wiccan. However, these terms I'm hearing recently being tossed around a lot more often and often with confusion or perhaps a perception that one must qualify and graduate from one state to another. Now, this isn't my understanding of the energies and today I want to discuss this as well as talking about ageing. I'm hearing a lot of women sharing stories as they are getting older that they're feeling a society's sense of invisibility. And this has led me to today's show, where I wanted to discuss ageing for women with the intent of sharing all that's positive, exciting, beautiful and wonderful about ageing. So I called on one of the gorgeous Love Life show favourites and my personal role model on how to be truly fabulous at 70. And that's with the gorgeous Diane McCann. The concept of maiden, mother and crone, I've got my take on it where it's three distinct different energies that we can be in at any given moment. And I feel it's not that we actually are in one and then we progress to another and then we graduate to the next one, but it's actually stages that we float through at different points of our life. I'd love to hear, what's your take on the maiden mother crone thing? (laughs) Great question, Jane. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) My take is exactly the same as yours. It's like I know crones who are actually maidens and I know maidens who are actually crones. In fact, I have a granddaughter who was born a crone, I'm sure. So if we look at the energies and we look at the, like, In ancient cultures, they have a three-headed woman. It's a statue, and it's called The Three Faces. They even did a movie, I think, The Three Faces of Eve, which really wasn't connected. But, you know, the maiden obviously is that part of us that is um, literally the creative force. It's the beginning. It's the starting of our life it's the excitement it's the what maidens do is they attract a bit like flowers yeah to bees they kind of attract that's attract yes exactly (laughs) and it's that enthusiasm of the beginning of the new of the um anything is possible life is unlimited um but i feel the shadow of the maiden though can be impatience Bring it on, bring it on now. And that's where I feel I still have maiden energy in in impatience. Well, my darling, it it will leave you as you get older, I promise. (laughs) Well, no, maybe I don't promise. But, yeah, it's the wild dancing. It's the, you know, the ferocious grasping of life. That's how I perceive the maiden. I love it. That's exactly how I do as well. I actually wrote down a few little notes as well. And I said, uh, youthful ideas, you know, it's that it can be the radical thinking. It can be the, uh, the crazy dreams or even manifestation of 
out their stuff? You know what I wrote down? She's impatient and she doesn't want to settle down long enough to bring her bold ideas into reality because she's too busy going, but I want it now. I love it. I love it. Now, you know, the other thing about the maiden that I find really interesting is that I think that you, you can leave the maiden and move into either mother or crone, whatever. But I think that it's quite common, particularly for women who have perhaps done a lot of self-development and they they really have stepped into their power, that they can have a beautiful experience of being in crone, but they can then choose to move through that and into maiden again. Oh, absolutely. And I think absolutely. that's exciting. <clears throat> it is exciting because the wildness and the free abandonment that you have when you're young does come back for many, many, many women who are out of the box of this is how you're supposed to be. You know, the story of the purple hat. Diane always has gorgeous stories. Okay, what's the purple hat? Oh, you know, it's the woman who walks down. I wasn't going to tell this story, so I had to dredge it from my memory bank, but it's the woman who is in her 80s and she says, you know, what I'm going to do when I get old is buy a red hat or a purple one, whichever you like, and I'm going to eat butter by the tonne and I'm going to drag my walking stick along the railings and drive everybody crazy and I'm going to sing really loud. And it, It's a beautiful poem. Look it up. I will. There's a red hat club designed for women who are past menopause who meet and do the most amazing things and do a lot of good for the community as well. But they all get dressed up in their red hats and they all go out for dinner with their purple capes and their red hats or the other way around, whichever they like. And they just do wild, crazy things that a lot of them were never allowed to do when they were young. Beautiful. And I think that that's a big thing, you know, to be able to move through your life and then come to a place where you go, you know what? I can go rumba dancing or, you know, I have a really good friend in Sydney who's one of the most remarkable trainers on the planet. And every time I talk to her, which is usually only once or twice a year, but she always blows me away with what she's doing, you know. I mean, and I won't go through all the things she's done, but some of the last things she's done is she taught taught herself and then taught thousands of other people how to actually run. And when somebody said to her, how do you run? She went, I've got no idea. I've never run. So what she does is she's a super learning expert. So she studied how to run. And then she taught herself to run marathons. And then she taught herself how to deal with horses, which she was totally terrified of. And then she um, became a black belt in karate. And then um, I said to her a couple of years ago, so what are you doing now, Steph? She said, oh, I'm doing Latin dancing. <laughs> and she was in her 50s, you know, and she took up Latin dancing for the first time. She got herself a train. She's very good. She got herself a trainer. She got herself the best dance teacher she could find in Sydney, and she won a competition. Fantastic. You know, in her 50s, which she'd never do when she was, you know, a teenager. I love this. I love these stories, and I'm always drawn to them, you know, when they pop up on YouTube or on your Facebook feed, the stories of, of people doing 
doing what is often perceived as young people's things yes. when they are much older. But I also love seeing the stories of older people kicking goals in whatever they're wanting to achieve. And one that springs to mind is not that I'm into KFC, but Colonel Sanders, you know, he actually yeah. did that at 70. And exactly. I think he was broke up to that point. And, and I love that story because there is a lot of talk, of course, you would have, you know, be aware of this as well, of, of people believing or women believing when they hit 50, they become invisible. Yes. Oh, very true. Now, I'm 54 and I'm not aware of feeling that, but I can understand that it can happen. But I'm wondering, is it an internal thing? Now, can we share your beautiful age? Because <laughs> sure you can. I'm in my seventieth decade, which I'm very no. excited about. Your seventh decade, darling, not your seventieth. <laughs> I love it's it. Like, I like. I feel so. I don't know what seventy or sixty or fifty or even forty is supposed to look like, Jane. I think we have those things in our brain that say, oh, I, you know, I have a really good friend who is one year and one day younger than me. And I was thinking about her yesterday and I thought, you know what? She's got really old in her thinking, you know, like in how she does her life. And I thought, how sad is that? You know, like for me, I'm always looking for what's the next adventure, you know, like I'm planning 2019 now because 2018 is pretty much done as far as my calendar goes so it's like what do I want to do that's different and I have another friend who is the same age as me and every single year she does something totally outrageous on her birthday like so outrageous like one year she went dog sledding you know doing like the (laughs) you know dog sledding I mean I don't even know they did that in Australia but that's what she did she climbs mountains, she jumps out of planes, she goes hang gliding every year. She's like, um, I'm going to do something that's totally outrageous. And I think that is so brilliant. So for me, the sad thing is when when women, and I, I'm going to put it down to personal development, Jane, really, because I think if people don't have a focus outside of, their husband and their children or their partner and their children uh, and their job, (coughs) excuse me, then they get lost. And, you know, we hear women who, who belate the fact that, oh, you know, all of my children have left home. I've got nothing. I just now want grandchildren. It's like, seriously, yeah, it's great to have grandchildren and they're wonderful. But what about you? What about your life? What do you want to do? Many of these women got married really young, you know, like in my day. I got married at 17, for God's sake. You know, I thought I knew everything there was to know about everything at 17. (laughs) I didn't get married at 17, but I certainly thought I knew everything at 17. (laughs) Exactly. And I thought my parents knew nothing. Of course. Of course. That's the maiden, my darling. That's the maiden. Exactly. Should we move? Into the mother, what is Yeah, what I was do- just going to say that. So nice. then you move, you move into the mother phase and, you know, she embodies the creative act, doesn't she? Because she's sensual, she's sexual, she's fertile, she's strong. She's the one who weaves the ideas and, and 
has the dreams and often a woman's dream is to be a mother, you know. Um, for some not, but for many, yes, because they think that that is going to fulfil them in some part of their life, which, of course, is not necessarily true. For some women it is true, but for some motherhood is a very painful, difficult, stressful time, which they go through, and, of course, they love and adore. We all love and adore our kids, but... Um, she's the feeder, she's the protector, you know, the mother. We've all heard the stories of the mother who lifts the car off of her child, you know, that kind of thing. She gets strength from somewhere that she didn't even know it was available. And, yeah, go on. I also feel that the mother is is the the energy of emotion. It's really when they come into an awareness of emotion of both self and others and, can have the ability to have that beautiful, shall we use divine feminine qualities, yes. maybe not mastered, maybe for some it is mastered, but it is an, a, an, an energy that if they want to really explore all of the emotional realms, it's the arena to really become the master of that. Yes, absolutely. And It's about birthing, obviously. Mother equals birth. But birth doesn't have to be a child. That's right. Yes. You know, like your show is your baby. Absolutely, yes. And my seminars are my babies. Yes. I mean, I'm mortified to think back when my children were little and people would say, oh, do you have a photo? I would show them a photo of our seminar room (laughs) because – I was so proud of it, you know. It was like this is my seminar, this is my baby because the kids were growing, you know, and, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, and I do have two children and here's their (laughs) photo, which is really bad, you know. It's not bad at all. It's not. It's just just the way it is, isn't it? That's it, exactly. There's no good, no bad, uh, but it's fascinating how, for some people, art is their baby or their business or whatever, and it's all perfect, and it's about not making ourselves wrong, you know. I mean, especially now, I see so many women, I mean, I deal with them all the time, who are desperate to have a baby and thinking that is going to be the zenith point of their life. They're spending, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on IVF and I do understand that urge to want something so badly that you will give up everything for it you know but then if there's disappointment at the end of it it's almost like saying you know I'm not complete Complete. within myself and I need someone else to fulfil that completeness for me. That's a bit mean. But, yeah, I agree. I see it happen all the time. And I see it happen in the dating world as well where, you know, I need a partner to complete oh, me. And it's, it's it's when you don't need a partner that the partner will arrive. But that is the same in everything, isn't it? You know, yeah. I, I look at my younger self and 
I believed I had an, an inaccurate love statement that said that love equals approval. So when people approved of me, I felt loved. So yes. then that led me to the entertainment industry where the audiences got bigger and bigger and bigger. But guess what? I still never felt the love because it was looking external for something to complete me that had to come from internal. Absolutely. And I do really love that you've also mentioned that, you know, that, that women who have chosen or don't have children are still absolutely capable of being in mother energy because it is the birthing of whatever is your baby, whatever is your passion. A beautiful garden, you know, it doesn't matter what it, it is. It doesn't, does it? Now oh. let's get to the gorgeous crone, hey? Oh, <laughs> we love the crone. We, we love do it. love the crone energy. So crone energy for me is about transformation, you know. She sees way beyond the last note of the dance. You know, she has this innate wisdom and knowledge which she willingly shares with anyone who comes to her door and wants it. A wise woman, you know, the old witch with the pointed hat and the <laughs> and stirring her her broth. You know, we have a fantastic song that we play at one of our seminars and it's called Who Are the Witches? Where did they come from? And the song is about the women who the old the wise women who are making the herbs, who are birthing the babies who are holding the space for people to grieve in. And that's what a crone can do really, really, really well. They hold space. And I think that is a gift that comes with age. I couldn't have said it better, Diane. That is beautiful. Lovely Rebecca Brown recently said to me that the, the divine feminine holds the space for another to be in shadow. Yes. And I thought, wow, I wanted to bring that into this conversation because I feel that with holding that space for another to just be what they need to be in any given moment. In fact, I did an episode recently uh, about holding space, actually with gorgeous Nikki Huskis. Mm. And it was about how we feel, how both Nikki and I felt that some people are undervaluing the ability to just hold that space, to not fix to not heal, to just allow to be, to just sit next to somebody side by side in whatever is. And how amazingly soothing that is for the individual to not be judged, to not be told they've got something they've got to go and do or action or change or whatever, but just be. And I agree 100%. The crone is the master of that, the absolute Absolutely. master. Beautiful. And for most of us, we never had... That person. You know, there's a beautiful poem that I read out at Goddess and I won't read it all, but some of it says, how many of you had someone who could come and sit with you when you were sad, confused, depressed, and just sit with you in your dark times, not to fix you, not to make you smile, not to betray your darkness, but just to sit with you and to show you that there is truth and meaning in that darkness and that if you you will come out the other side and that basically is is the gift of the crime 
I love that too because I also feel that when we are trying to wipe someone's tears, fix them, help them to rush through their pain, their negative emotions, we're denying them the gift that that darkness brings. Absolutely. And how many of us had a mother who could do that for us? I mean, I clearly remember the first time I ever totally broke down in front of my parents and my mother patted me, you know, that, hope you can all hear that, that loud patting and that very distressing patting, which is why people go and say, oh, don't worry, you know, and they pat. Very few people know how to hold or just be. And that by and of itself is one of the biggest blessings in the world is to have people in your life, and usually they're women, you know, have women in your life who can just sit with you and just be with you and and to honour where you are knowing that they've probably been there and if they haven't been there, maybe they're going to go there, but just to hold the space for you to feel your feelings, you know, and the more we feel, the more we heal and yet we have to feel more in our life if we're going to create peace. I say to people, how in the world can you ever expect to be able to stand up for anything if you're too caught in your own pain? You know, and pain, whether it's emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, it bows us down, you know, it curves our shoulders to protect our heart and it causes ripples in our tummy and we know it, you know. And when someone says to you, how are you, Jane? And Jane says, I'm fine, you know, because that's what the world has been trying to say. And that's not how we are. And I say I, I say to women at Goddess, so what is it, you know, if you had a best friend who was in agony or emotional drama or whatever, would you really not be willing to just sit with her? And they all go, of course I'd sit with her. And I go, well, why don't you tell the truth? You know, when someone says to you, how are you? What are you going to say? I'm fine or I'm really raw today. And what do you say to that? I'm feeling really raw today. My heart feels shattered. People immediately go, what can I do? You know, and that's because they don't want to go and feel that. You know, when I was involved in mystery school many, 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 many years ago, my teacher used to say the reason that people watch in those days it was things like um, coronations, coronations, (laughs) reality TV shows, is because all, all people who gather around an accident, you know, they gather and they, they're like, oh, yes, yes. It's because it takes them out of their own pain and stops them just for two minutes thinking about their own pain and allows them to focus on someone else. And that's really sad. We need to be able to just be with people and allow them to feel whatever it is that they need to feel. Mm. Beautifully said. I feel another quality that the crone energy brings is the ability to understand endings. Absolutely. And be able to go, you know what, that's done. Whether it's a project, a relationship, a a particular passion, 
um, a business. It doesn't matter what it is, but they, they, I feel the crane energy is very much okay with endings, graciously, powerfully. Yes. Unemotionally, exactly. it's, it's just like it is what it is. It's death. Yeah, and I wrote down, death is only a change and beyond death is life in a new form. And that's true for everything. People, what you said, you know, relationships, jobs. How many people do we know who remain in those two main things and they're not happy, you know? Like they're in pain and they're not happy, but they don't have the courage to actually step into um, letting go and letting it die by itself because, you know, everything, everything is reborn. A plant dies, but it drops its seeds in the ground and those little plants come up again. might take a while, you know. I've been waiting for my poppies to come up for a very long time. <laughs> but, you know, I'm pretty sure come spring they might just pop their way through the ground. So, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I also feel the crone is also, though, real crone energy mm-hmm. is actually incredibly vibrant. Oh, powerful. And, and, and I feel a lot of people might think crone is, because we're talking about holding space, etc., is like this gentle old lady that sits there. Oh, God, no. And it's like, no, there's actually a lot of vibrancy in this. It actually is incredibly powerful and strong. Very, very, very. It's not your little old no. you know, nana sitting in a rocking chair knitting. It's like it's the it's the wild woman, the true wild woman. Because you know what? With age comes the lack of caring about what other people think. So we do whatever we want. There's a gorgeous saying that kicks around on, on Facebook, something along the lines of be wary yeah. of the wild woman who doesn't care what other people think. Nothing is more scarier. Exactly. And there is truth in that. But the crone has that power and that energy, but it is combined with such beautiful compassion and empathy yes. that it's not used as a destructive force. Oh, God, no. Whereas no, maybe that energy when we swing it into maiden <laughs> be quite destructive <laughs> yes yes absolutely so you know for all of the listeners out there it's about looking at where you are and honoring that knowing that you know we change we flow we go depending on what the situation of our life is we can flow into maiden one minute and we can flow into crow the next and then we can drop into mother for a while and it's understanding that. So it's like, what do you need to do as a person to honour those three parts of you? So with a maiden, you know, what is it that you want to create in your life? Think about the seeds that you want to sprinkle onto the garden. Do you want poppies to come up or do you want, you know, dahlias? I don't know. But where do you want to put them because the maiden is unlimited potential and then the mother is like yes you nourish others and yes you give to others where do you nurture and nourish yourself and then the crone is um, being willing to summon wisdom into your life being willing, what is it that you need to let go of in order to grow into that next phase of 
Crown Hood. You've got a couple of stories too that I believe you'd like to share around. I have. Okay, let's do this because Diane, as we all know now, one of our beautiful <laughs> favourite regulars on the Love Life show, <laughs> always has some good stories. Well, I just want to let everyone, some people might know these stories, but you know, it's the women who changed the world. I mean, we go back to Vietnam. It was the women who walked the streets with their pushchairs, with their kids in pushes, demanding that the men be returned. So the sacred feminine is emerging on Gaia. And I don't know whether you know it or not, but there's some churches in the world right now who direct their prayers to Mother, Father, God. I mean, that's pretty amazing. In the Jewish religion, you know, they talk about Shinnekar, which is the divine feminine. And um, so literally everything is changing toward the more spiritual, toward looking at those energies. And we're, we're talking about the divine feminine and the divine masculine now about bringing the two together. So I've got a couple of great stories. So did you know, Jane and everybody else, that the very first Mother's Day proclamation in the world, I always thought it was a hallmark invention, to be honest, (laughs) but, um, you know, the very first call was to gather the women and directed to women to add their voice to the voice of a devastated earth. Do you know when it was written? No. 1870. Wow. I mean, that is, you know, nearly a couple of hundred years ago, 160 years ago, yeah? And it was written by a man called Matthew Arnold, and he said, if there ever comes a time when the women of the world come together purely and simply for the benefit of humankind, it will be a force such as the world has never seen before. Now, that is powerful. That's how Mother's Day started. I've so got I goosebumps to... from that. That's wonderful. I know, 1870. Wow. So, so I want to talk to you about a few women, a few groups of women around the world, and maybe we can say, well, what energy do we think they were in, you know? So in Nigeria in 2002, 600 women basically staged a sit-in at the Chevron Texaco terminal. Now, why would they do that? A lot of them, 150 of them actually got inside, inside, you know, like an oil terminal. Can you, I can't even imagine that. They blocked the airstrip. They blocked the port that was the exit route for all of the oil to go out, and they held 700 men Hostage. Wow. Now, why did they do it? Well, the fact the facilities in the oil rich Niger Delta and the people surrounding it live in absolute abject poverty. They were bringing in men from other countries, America, wherever, and these women, their men, their sons, their fathers, their husbands couldn't get work and they were starving to death. So these women said, They staged a protest, you know, and they said to the oil company, we will open it all up, we will move very quietly, very peacefully, but you have to start giving jobs to our men. And you know what? They had no guns, no nothing, but 
the oil company agreed and they started employing them and they these women also got revenue paid from the oil which came off of their land right paid back to the villagers so it improved the conditions of everyone in that village now to me that's crone energy beautiful example isn't it of the wise the wisdom but it's also a you know that that purpose that transformation the wise the crone sees the transformation that needs to take place and then has the vibrancy and the power to be able to make it happen. I love it. Love it. It it was led by a group of older women. They're the ones who set it up in the first place. How interesting is that? Love it. So can I tell you another one? I love you too. In Argentina from the about 1976 through for about seven years, under military rule, do you know 30,000 people went missing, just missing, just completely gone. They were kidnapped, arrested, tortured, mutilated, murdered, and the ones who protested this were the mothers. Now, this is interesting. The mothers were the ones who said, where's my child? Where has my child gone? You know, and so basically in 1977, they started marching. Just a few women, I think there were about 15, 14 women started marching in this plaza on a Thursday morning. One woman lost seven members of her entire family. She begged the Archbishop of Argentina to use his influence only to be told go commend yourself to the Virgin Mary and resign yourself to your loss. But she refused to resign herself to her loss and she got this group of women marching every single Thursday. Now, the first 14 women walked the first time. Nine of those women, including a nun, were taken away never to be heard of again. Unbelievable. But you know what? Those mothers, the ones that were left, came back the following Thursday. And now they are considered to be, because they're still meeting on a Thursday, and they are considered to be the conscience of Argentina. Wow. How amazing is that? So was it, was it the men going, where's my daughter? Where's my son? No, it was the women because the women's drive is to protect, yeah? Beautiful feminine qualities that we're yes. now seeing the world demanding more of in oh. leadership. In Absolutely. Uh, this, that's Politics, exciting. Everywhere. Absolutely. One more story. Yes. In Uganda, there were beatings were quite normal, right? Domestic violence was quite high. And one woman in particular was severely beaten and abused by her husband on a very regular basis. So the, when the other villagers asked her about it, she would say, oh, I must deserve it, you know, that low self-worth, low Mm. self-esteem. So they pointed out to her that if she was killed, if he, excuse me, went that far and he actually killed her, then her children would be without a mother and then what? So one old crone bought her a whistle and they set up this thing in the village that whenever he came near her, she was supposed to blow the whistle. And so the next time she was beaten, she blew the whistle. And you know what? 
every woman from the entire village rushed to this woman's house and stopped him. Is that not amazing? Such a beautiful example of sisterhood. Support and sisterhood, yes. Yes. And we see so often that the sisterhood has been broken down dreadfully in society where we are not we are not sisters to our sisters. We're actually the enemy so often. We're pulling oh. our sisters down instead of being collectively working together. Supporting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, what, what happened in that village was every woman finished up with a a whistle and eventually it led to a legislation in the village where spousal abuse was made illegal. Oh. So, so, you know, that is the support of women to women. And I agree with what you said, you know, for so long women have knifed each other in the back. You know what always amazes me? When women have affairs with married men, it's like, and when I hear it, I say, and, you know, what about his wife? And they say, well, you know, whatever reason, whatever reason they want to give. But when you do that kind of thing, you are literally damaging your sister. And it's like for all of us, we need to literally wake up and say, we have to support each other regardless of our colour, regardless of our religion, regardless of whatever. Women are women. And if we can come together as a world of supportive, amazing collaborative women in whatever way that happens to be, you know, then we can change the world because like the Dalai Lama said, you know, we will. Women will change the world and I have no doubt about it whatsoever, no doubt. I know when you look out there in the world you go, oh, my God. But you know what? I still believe it's possible and what I say to people is so long as I see anger out there in the world, then I need to look in me and find out where that anger is in me. And I need to heal that. Because until I heal the stuff that's buried below the, the you know, the surface of Diane, I'm never going to see peace on the planet. And that is my goal. So I can't leave this planet until I see it. So that's what I do every day is I work on myself and I work on the planet and I think if every woman in the world made a decision not to say anything derogatory about another woman, not to um, badmouth, not to do any of those things, you know, what a different world it would be. It makes me so sad, Jane, when I see things like, you know, there's this, I, there's two women in the world right now that I'm really admiring of. One of them, her name is Danny can't think of a surname, Canuto or something like that. And she is a really, really, really big woman. And she is one of the top yoga teachers in the world. And she wears her yoga gear. And to see her doing a headstand, I mean, I have no clue what she would weigh, but she would have to be like a size 24, something like that, you know. She's a big girl. To watch the grace of that woman, so there's one, the other one is a really, really big, same size, the black woman in America who is the, one of the world's leading pole dancers. Pole dancing is one of the hardest things to do. And here's this woman who just grabs this pole, upends herself, does all these amazing movements with her hands and her legs, and it's pure beauty. And when I read some of the comments who say, 
she shouldn't be there because she's too fat. It breaks my heart, you know. Why can't we see beauty for beauty's sake? And that's what we need to do as women in everyone. This morning I posted Pink's beautiful thing that she said to her daughter when she just accepted her award. And if you haven't watched it, everyone, go find it on Facebook or wherever, YouTube. But it's so beautiful. She's saying to her six-year-old, her six-year-old thinks she's ugly. And she's saying to her six-year-old, you are so beautiful. And that's what we all need to be saying to each other. So, Jane, you are so beautiful. I love you. Thank you, Diane. As are you. You are so beautiful. And I love you. Thank you. And to everyone out there, we say the same thing. You're beautiful. You're powerful. You're amazing. Go kick some ass out there in the world, women, and make a difference. Let's see peace. Love you all. Coming up soon, I'll be recording my 250th Love Life show. Now, that's five years worth of recordings, and I want to celebrate with you. So we're going to be sharing stories of what have been our personal greatest aha moments over the past five years. And if you'd like to share your story, then please send me a message via our website, lovelifeshow.com, and we'll arrange a time to record. It'll only take five or ten minutes, and it's a pre-record, so I promise we can edit anything or do it as many times as you need to feel comfortable. But I would really love to have as many as possible Love Life listeners share their gorgeous aha moments from over the past five years. I also want to take this moment to thank our patrons of The Love Life Show, who honestly, without their support, the show could not continue. So thank you to the You Matter Project, Greg Whiting, Catherine Hills, my virtual assistants, Cecilia Fisher, Helen Jackson, Yvette Holdsworth, Vilma Isabella, Belinda Price, Linda Bonney, Nikki Peep, Helen Vargas and Jade Downs. And if you'd like to become a patron of the show and help ensure its continued production, please head to the patreon.com forward slash lovelifeshow website. I've popped all the links, including how to contact the gorgeous Diane McCann in the show notes, and we would love to welcome you as a patron. And until next week, embrace the maiden, the mother and the crone. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening.